Hello, Spacemen from Pluto fans. Welcome to another podcast. Uh, today, I'm your host, Dan, and I'm joined, as usual, by... <laughs> ben. <laughs> James. <laughs> and Christian. <laughs> All right. <laughs> you may have noticed my background's changed. <laughs> um, yeah. Oh, God, I'm sweaty. That was really hard work. <laughs> Guys, guess what? What? We have our first official merch. Oh, my God. That's incredible. Oh, you both got <laughs> Oh, my God. That's Look at it. that! <laughs> yeah. Who's the mug? That? The mug. Mm. The mug. <laughs> As if this podcast doesn't already have enough mugs. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to friend of the show, uh, Hannah, oh, fan of the show. It. She did sort it out and show show off the name, Danny. Yeah, yeah. She made us like little customized spacemen from Pluto uh, mugs, and can you see that? Yeah, yeah, there we Benny go. And Danny. Danny, Benny. It actually has, yeah. Nice. Name and very thoughtful. Cute. Bit small. Yeah. No, I'll cut that. <laughs> <laughs> I'll cut Such that. A Obviously. <laughs> I'm only we get 84 subs and he's already a diva. I did it for the cheap lad. <laughs> Texting her right now. You'd never guess what he said. So, anyway, <laughs> today we're going to be talking about the films that traumatised us throughout our film watching careers so yeah this was my idea because um i just come up with good ideas i suppose <laughs> you're, you're broken and you've got being. a lot of trauma yeah i've got a lot of it yes a lot we've of trauma a, we've got a lot to share we need to, it's more this podcast is slowly turning just into an hour-long therapy session more than like, basically oh, it's cheaper than real therapy it is <laughs> yeah i guess like i just find it quite interesting really like what 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 sort of films have like stayed with you guys maybe it was when you were a kid maybe it was more recently are there any particular scenes that stick out that kind of scared you or unsettled you or whatever just made you feel uncomfortable in any way as i'm the host i guess i'll start Ooh. how novel eh mix it up a bit yeah um, so I had I had one that I was going to go for, but it's a bit too niche. But I'll mention it anyway, just out of just just in passing. You guys ever heard of a film called Inner Space? Oh my yes, uh, I feel like yes. I've heard of, it. heard of it. Like it rings a bell, but I, I know nothing movie. about it. Yeah, so Inner Space was a movie about a guy who has this it, it, part of a science program. It gets shrunken down to like minuscule size. And injected into a Martin Shaw's body. Uh, Do you remember this? Yeah. I've, I've not seen yeah. it, but like it's I've an, seen the Rick and Morty parody episode. It's not scary at all. It's not really disturbing in any way. I mean, it's quite interesting because they 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 recreate the human body and these kind of flying about inside this guy's like bloodstream and it's quite interesting i was absolutely terrified of it as a kid <laughs> and i don't know why like to the point where it made me like really like i think i had nightmares and everything and i was going to mention that and i have mentioned that <laughs> i won't go into it it's just a weird anomaly and i don't really know why um but the one that i do want to mention that's proper the classic one that i th- that I, th- I think of all the time that i was scared of for years probably probably quite a 
longer than I actually care to admit, was the scene at the end of Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. At, oh, this was on my list. Oh. Was it? Because that one really freaked me out as a kid when I watched this for the first time. Yeah. Ah, I was right. I was honestly like I couldn't what I couldn't watch. And it like I always I used to love Indiana Jones growing up. In fact, it probably weirdly enough Indiana Jones Temple of Doom is probably my favorite um Indiana Jones film. I used to watch that on repeat when I was a kid. Wow. But Would you say I, it's timeless? Um I mean I'm I'm with Danny because the Temple of Doom's my favourite of the Indiana Jones films as well. Yeah. I'm gonna throw that out. It might be my least favourite. I think well, generally, okay. James. Everyone's second least favourite. Uh, yeah, second least favourite. <laughs> well, uh, not, yeah, well we don't in that one. We don't yeah. mention that one. That one's everyone's least favourite. <laughs> yeah. I just forget that God, exists. Raiders is so shit, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> But yeah, I, I loved all the Indiana Jones films growing up. Last Crusade, you know, classic film. Always used to love watching it at Christmas. It always seemed to be on at Christmas. Um, and, you know, brilliant, um, except for that last scene that I just physically couldn't bring myself to watch. I was I always knew it was coming. I knew exactly what I like. I must have seen it the once and been so, like, scared that I didn't want to ever see it again and so i built this image in my brain like i built this image that wasn't actually reality of like what it actually was and it was it was like this nightmarish image of the guy basically just decomposing in front of everyone i mean it's pretty horrible and it's like i look at it, i look at it now as an adult and i think oh that's quite a cool effect and everything <laughs> and like that's quite you know it's quite funny and in a way just to clarify way. you're you're talking about when he well she technically yeah, picks the to... wrong cup and he yeah. drinks from the wrong cup instead of it being the Holy Grail, and he, instead of getting eternal youth, ages all at once, like yes. thousands of years. Exactly. You might say he chose poorly. Oh. <laughs> yeah, to clarify, <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, because yeah. a lot of people, when they think like, particularly if you're talking Indiana Jones, a lot of people go straight to the end of Raiders, where the Ark. Um, gets opened all the spirits fly out and everyone sort of like melts and stuff I, and it's kind of creepy I would, but i, I, would I was say... gonna say temple of doom with the yes, heart the heart yeah it's the most terrifying one Kalimar and all that but I, yeah. I agree with dan of all the ones from the series that stuck in my mind i do remember and i think maybe it's because last crusade is quite almost whimsical and it's more comedy based than the other ones and then it just catches you off guard with throwing in another one yeah it's proper like nightmare Im- imagery like for for a little kid it's like you you enjoying it it's indiana jones it's uh, you know every it's it's building to its climax and everything and then suddenly this horrific like fucking sequence where this guy ages before your eyes and you know i don't know what how exactly they do it's obviously practical effects or whatever but his whole kind of face just sort of decomposes and, and then it turns into like this comedy skeleton <laughs> it's like this really shoddy like t- yeah yeah exactly it's obviously just a prop but like when i was a kid it was like oh my god but uh funny you should mention the heart in uh temple of doom though because the the copy of temple of doom that i always grew up watching it was just taped off the telly it was just on some uh... like vhs tape and that scene was never in it. It was cut because it was obviously shown before the watershed. So I never really knew or understood what was going on in that scene. Uh, I never really understood that the guy's heart was pulled out and, you know, the whole that whole kind of deal. Um, I, I had a similar experience watching that. Like, because the first time I watched the Indiana Jones, they were all on TV. 
so there were sections of the films that were like cut or cut away mm. from yeah so it wasn't until i rewatched them years later i was like i don't remember these scenes <laughs> yeah 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 there's the bit where Mandela effect there's a bit in, in Temple of Doom as well where the guy gets dragged into that roller thing, you know, the big henchman dude. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, the and, yeah, yeah. And for for the version I watched, it just very, very quickly just showed a tiny little bit of blood. Like, um, <laughs> it, it was really strange. Just so you knew, oh, he's been put in there. And then he was caught and it was like, oh, okay. And it wasn't quite clear what had happened. The, but yeah. yeah, the other bit I rem- the other bit I remember being cut away from is when he pushes it uh, in Raiders, when he pushes the guy into the uh, blades of the plane. Yeah, yeah, that sort of That always a... got just, it, it, you'd see him push him and then he'd be walking away and you're like, yeah. what happened? I was always scared at the end of Raiders of the Lost Art of the ghost that came out, rather than them melting, I was always scared of like the weird ghost that came out of the arc. That was oh. like really creepy and spooky for me, rather than them melting, which is strange. I think the Temple of Doom one got me the most because I think because like the Raiders and Last Crusade one is kind of fantastical, like the elements mm. that got them there aren't real, but a guy just ripping out a bloke's heart in, in my child's sense, like that he could do that to me. <laughs> could, I don't know how the human body works. Like he could just uh, like, like I think because of like, well, that build up as well, like the yeah. whole like. Uh, you know, ceremony freaked me it's out. It's a lot more well. atmospheric, yeah. He, the whole ceremony, and the chanting, and the like, the cults and all that. He, he couldn't do it to you because you know they fed him to crocodiles. It's all fine. Yeah, it's okay, Ben. You're safe, and it's you don't safe. have a heart, so it's fine. Uh, <laughs> 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 just goes and fork tries to close it. His heart is just fucking nothing. It's no point me trying to come back with anything. It's just a black. <laughs> it's just a black stone. It's like, oh god, what happened to you, man? Ben, Ben's just <laughs> get up and leave. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't come back in. It's <laughs> You'll just see me on the corner of his on his bed, just like feet up, just staring, just like <laughs> sad and depressed. Um. So, um. Yeah, that was my pick. Who would like to go next? Um. How about you, Ben? Let's let's see oh, what you think. The one um, one that like big one for me when I was a child, when I was a little boy. I I had I don't know if I had like a sheltered childhood, I I maybe call it just like a normal one. I wasn't like exposed to the horrors of older films or maybe the world. Um, I was at a friend's sleepover when I was about seven or eight, and his other friend was there who was younger than us, and they and this was about two thousand three two thousand four, and then we decided to watch, Short of the Dead. <laughs> Classic. And. I was enjoying it, but it was like the first time I'd really seen like zombies, like kind of done pseudo seriously. They are freaky in it, yeah. And yeah, and the bit when um, that the whole section in the pub really got to me, especially the bit when Dylan Moran's character, David, David, just gets torn to absolute. That's absolutely. a big one. It's it, it's the, it was the innards that did it for me, and it was actually. Uh, vague memory it was like i think i demanded to so that we stopped i think oh really yeah yeah i think i did did the did his mum come in is i can't the guy the lad we stayed over his mum might have even come in the room and like stopped it i think as well maybe because the little the 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 little kid the younger kid who put it on he brought blade with him and i was like (laughs) you i think you're six and you're like wanting to watch blade and like Shaun the Dead, and like you're obviously 
a troubled something child. Something wrong with you, isn't there? There's clearly something wrong here. And so yeah, watching like... Shaun the Dead and the zombies re- like actually gave me some nightmares. Those zombies tearing out of the flesh and the innards of this bloke was actually just ho- horrifying. I, 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 I don't know if it's just a coincidence. It's both you and me and a couple of people I know, but I feel like Shaun of the Dead is like particularly for maybe our generation. It's one of our first sort of introductions to more gory films because you watch it when you're maybe younger than you should do because it's, well, it's Simon Pegg. It's a comedy. Like it can't be that bad. And then, like you said, once it gets to the pub, it kind of flip like like not as a 180 but it suddenly ramps up particularly once david gets ripped out the window yeah. and it does just kind of come out of nowhere it's like like the, oh bit, God. the <laughs> bit with his um with his mom and she's dying and like it's it's i think it's probably still simon Pegg's best performance mm-hmm. don't point that gun at my mom <laughs> it's like so real it's just like really quite seriously quite horrific. great scene it's not a, li- a little great film. little ben could not handle it <laughs> <laughs> i couldn't I, did, I didn't like it <laughs> is that the first kind of zombie film you'd watch? Did you say, or was it kind of was it your introduction to zombie films? Because you're quite into um, uh, the Evil Dead films, and yeah, I think I think it must have been like if it wasn't if it wasn't on Doctor Who or Kids TV or Scooby Doo, that maybe they're pseudo zombies. That's probably yeah, yeah, was yeah. my first real yeah a, a zombie film uh, I uh, aware of. I think. Mm. Um, Another little one. Um, it's debate. It's it's debatable in my family what my ac- my actions were at the time, my what my what my motivation was. But uh, when we watched the first Harry Potter in two thousand and one, I must have been like four. And during the third act, whatever point that is, maybe the giant dog or something to do with Voldemort at the back of his head, I asked to leave. And apparently oh, wow. it was to go to the toilet, but it might be hmm. because I might have been a little bit scared. It might have been a bit too much. Uh, it, I'd put my money on it being the Forbidden Forest scene when, like, Voldemort's that, like, cloaked thing that's, like, sucking the blood from the vampire and he pulls his head and, like, flies towards him. I remember that creeping me out a the, bit as a kid. The, the bit I, 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 I my dad taught, I run it by him. He said it was definitely at the end, near the end of the film. Okay. In, like, the last, the final bits, I was like, I wanted to go. So that was uh, another one for me. Uh, I'll, that that'll be mine for now. <laughs> ah, very very uh, good, very good. I'll uh, I'll jump in now because uh, Ben has actually touched upon slightly on mine. So mine is more of like the film itself was fine. There was just one scene that really caught me off guard as a kid in Scooby Doo on Zombie Island. Okay. Because it's a pretty standard modern Scooby Doo film. The gang. Uh, the Mystery Incorporated, they've got a case, they go to this island where they've heard that there's zombies terrorising the island, they get there, they do the usual ones in the modern ones where it's like, it's just going to be guys in masks, and then it turns out the zombies are real. That's fine. The zombies are fairly standard, whatever, not that big a deal. The scene that really caught me off guard and kind of traumatised me as a kid was in like the third act, there's this reveal that the zombies aren't actually the bad guys, but all of the citizens on this island are these terrifying werecats that when there's a full moon, they turn into these massive monsters with like huge fangs. Yeah. And it's like, it's that thing in Scooby-Doo where like the gang are all kind of like round cartoons and like they look nice and proper. And then they suddenly throw in this really angular monster with this, like it's the transformation scene and how much it just caught me off guard. I think I just remember thinking like, I was not expecting this. Like it just comes out of nowhere. Yeah. Oh, I- for, I, I remember 
you know, sort of being the same with some of the Scooby-Doo films, because, like, of course, when we were younger, we were watching stuff like the original Scooby-Doo cartoons that were, you know, very smooth, but, like, sort of had slow and clunky movements. And then when you got to stuff like Zombie Island, where it was all really well-produced, like, it clearly had way higher budget than a normal episode and was, like, really nicely coloured and drawn, things that the monsters just started to look a lot more sort of... Like, they feel more visceral. Aggressive, yeah. yeah. Oh, right. I, I think it is just, like, similar to what I was saying with the Last Crusade one, where because it's such a comedy, light-hearted thing and then just throws it at yeah. you, it's more that like it caught me off guard than anything. And I think I watched... Uh, I just, maybe I just wasn't a very brave kid. <laughs> no, I'm sure, I'm sure it was, like, properly scary. I'm sure especially <clears throat> it's going to come out... Yeah, because it broke the illusion of of the premise of Scooby-Doo yeah. that yeah they're monsters but they're, they're just people but these are actually terrifying I think, yeah. werecats creatures yeah bizarre yeah and I'm pretty sure I, have I remembered this wrong Christian there's a scene where like to do with voodoo dolls they melt like Fred and that start melting at one point yes because I'm sure I, I thinking, like, they've got these wax years. voodoo dolls that roll near a fire so then dolls start melting and Fred and that who are tied up are like ah, get it away and they start like slowly melting a little bit yeah I, there, there's there's such that, that it was those. it was like a really dark turn like you say because it was just like every single time it didn't matter how scary or how well designed the ghost was in Scooby-Doo films they could just pull the mask off and be like oh and it's not real and then you you had that era where the live action movies did it as well as the um sort of cartoon films where you had these situations where they'd run and be like it's fine it's just it's just a monster and then they'd pull on like the mask and nothing had happened and they'd be like oh oh no <laughs> there's those four animated films that came out sort of back to back and they're so good like they're like they're a big turning point for the Scooby Doo films it was Zombie Island, Witch's Ghost, Cyber Chase, and Alien Invasion. Yeah, there's I also think. Legend of Vampire Rock. That was another like big one at the time. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I just love Scooby Doo, man. <laughs> yes, Didn't put me off enough. Yeah. Still love it. Yeah, I was gonna That's say it, it, it's. I, I can. It's. I can definitely see why it would scare you as a child, but also. Like Scooby Doo is just way too good to be turned off by mm. one one specific Definitely. sequence. You just don't watch that film. Like whenever it's on Cartoon Network, you're like, eh, no. <laughs> what's uh, what's your pick, Christian? That's gonna be an unusual one because, of course, like I had the the sort of like typical sort of semi-traumatic sort of upsets as a kid. You know, like watching Lion King and you see Mufasa die. Tra- probably traumatized a lot of kids. Definitely yeah, yeah. affected me. It was like. You know, a lot of Disney films. You, you, you know, there's a lot of death in Disney films, and it yeah. traumatizes. All of the parents young kids are dead. From, yeah, all of them. <laughs> it traumatizes young kids from an early age. It teaches them about life, though, doesn't it? Yeah, <laughs> uh, but it's and death. Too heady. Um, <laughs> when, when thinking about this, there was there was one that sort of came out of the left field in my mind that I remember quite vividly, um, and I remember going to see it at the cinema that we currently work at. Oh, <laughs> when it came out, uh, and it was X Men: The Last Stand. Oh, yeah, because it was God. so bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was so <laughs> terrible. <laughs> Trump. No, um, no. I remember going into that film, and there was half an hour of adverts, and it was back when the cinemas used to sell tubs of sweets. So I had like a physical tub of minstrels, 
and I sat and I ate, and, you know, I ate all the minstrels in the adverts. And uh, <laughs> then the opening scene of Last Stand, I don't know if any of you remember, has the character of Archangel as a kid shaving his own wings oh, off God, in the bathroom. Yeah. And it's like this really brutal scene of him like filing his wings down yeah. in the bathroom and there's just feathers and blood everywhere. And I remember at that specific moment, I just turned to my dad and like tapped him on the arm and I was like, I'm, I'm going to be sick. <laughs> <laughs> do you think that maybe had something to do with eating a whole tub of minstrels? In exactly. Minutes? And that's why I threw that in there. <laughs> just to, just to um, kind of tag on. Does anyone remember... Oh, this is going to be very... I don't know how niche this will be. Does anyone remember the old piracy advert where it was a guy... With the branding with, iron. With the branding iron. Yeah. Like, the that pirates are out to get you. And he's just like... He's got his brand... <laughs> that was really scary. Yeah. That yeah. was genuinely really scary. I that guy, that. And he's got the branding advert, and he's going to brand that, you for... Yeah, it was for pirating. the fact, F-A-C-T. Yeah. Right, like He yeah. had the C that would then print into the screen. Oh, nah. That I was hate that. Good advert though, but yeah, that was very scary. Yeah, but yeah, that's. A, I, I remember thinking like that is actually a really good opening to Last Stand, like a really interesting thing. Something they've kind of touched on, but I don't. They've never really done it with a, like any mutants that young and B anything that sort of like. Gritty. Yeah, it, it was just yeah. It's just a I, shame like, the whole film's downhill from there. I I'd watched the first two X Men films on DVD like, the week prior to going to see this film, and you know they. They're sort of, you know, PG levels of violent and stuff. But it was like sort of my first introduction to sort of anything that... It, it, it's a pretty brutal opening scene for a film that got a 12. Yeah. yeah. Definitely um, pushed the uh, boundaries a bit. Yeah. It's one of them. It's like the scene's pretty brutal on its own. And when you actually stop and think, it's like, this kid hates his body so much. He's sat there and I don't even think he's cut his wings off. He's ground them he's down trying, he's trying to them like away. file them down I think he's not even got like the right apparatus yeah <laughs> it, I don't really like, know what he's got I, I was going to say I, I remember it being like it's it's something like a a wooden file and I think it's there's like, like a f- big file like a sander yeah, thing isn't it there's, yeah. there's like a it's, there's like a sander thing and I'm pretty sure he's got like his dad's like hand razor that he's like used yeah. to cut bits off of but it really uh, hurts because that'll be—it's—it's it's bone, isn't it, coming out yeah. of his back? So it would really hurt. I just remember seeing all that, and then like I'm pretty sure the the two little like nubs that are left on his back—you <laughs> see them like twitching and moving, oh. and it, I, it was all too much for me. At yeah. That, that age, a, I was yeah. like, no, I've I've eaten too much already. <laughs> I was already feeling a bit iffy, and this has pushed me over the edge. That is a uh, no. That's a really good answer. I do have to ask though, Christian. So then why is your background the TARDIS? <laughs> That's a great question. The reason for that <laughs> is because I had a secondary answer where I'd written this answer uh... down and then I, I wanted to ask you guys if bringing up a TV show was okay. I got the okay. Um, and very early on, like, I wasn't... Like Ben, I was, you know, I wasn't introduced to anything like too over-the-top... Or that my parents thought might freak me out too much. And then um, the Christopher Eccleston Doctor Who started back up. And my parents had remembered watching the old Doctor Who. And they were like, you know, you know, do you want to come and watch it? So I was like, yeah. So the first episode I watched wasn't actually the first Christopher Eccleston episode. They'd watched that as like a 
gauge of whether it would be too scary for me. And they were like, no, 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 it seems fine. The Autons. Yeah. Um, However, after the second episode that I watched, they always do that teaser at the end. And they did the teaser for the next episode, which was called uh, uh, The Unquiet Dead. You always, the, is it the ghosts? It's the Victorian ghosts. Mate, no, nah, I didn't. I didn't. Oh, I, I, I was scared yeah. for that one as well. The gelf. <laughs> oh yeah. I remember that terrifying me. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm having wow. flashbacks, man. Oh, because when that is, yeah, you're right about that one. Because when I saw the TARDIS, I immediately went tenant era. Because I remember thinking, girl in the fireplace, those clockwork, oh, like clockwork French robots. Renaissance robots. They freaked me out as a kid. Yeah. And the werewolf. God, Doctor Who was really it's like it had its moments for a kids' oh, yeah. show. It's meant to be a scary show. There's that. Yeah. There was the especially in the original run, the whole idea that you're meant to watch it behind your sofa or behind the cushion. That was like it's yeah. meant to be scary. Meant to be. Yeah, I was going to say it's a shame what's happened to it's it. Not scary. It's meant to be scary mm-hmm. in terms of like when you watch it, not in terms of like oh, it's so terrible. It's like <laughs> 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 The show yeah, is supposed to be God. scary, not the writing. Yeah, yeah. God, yeah, that episode. <clears throat> no, the I, ghost. I, just, yeah, I just remember the teaser for that episode freaked me out. And then that episode as a whole, like, it was just like the sort of like Victorian woman's like painted blue face and her yeah. like dulled out eyes just freaked me out. And I remember that I was proper terrified for like the next week, but I sat down and I watched the episode. And I seem to remember the episode has like quite a nice conclusion that sort of dulled my fear of the gelf as a, a and the, the sort of victorian ghosts in it um so i felt like much more comfortable when i'd hit the end of the episode but right. f- for a, a solid while that sort of image freaked me out Jeez, yeah, yeah god danny were you never into doctor who uh not really no it never really that's surprising. It's like not to reveal your age, don't it? Weren't you kind? Of, didn't you kind of grew up in the years it wasn't on TV? Yeah, I remember when it. I remember when it uh, it came back and Christopher Eccleston was in it, and it was. I, I remember watching that. I don't remember how old I was exactly. Uh, when, what what year was it? Two thousand five. Like mid two thousands, wasn't it? Yeah, and it just didn't like. I I thought, oh, this is kind of interesting, and yeah, but it's not really my cup of tea. Um, and then David Tennant replaced Chris Ruston and I think I tuned in for a few episodes but uh, people are probably going to disagree with me but I just always thought it looked a little bit cheap it had that kind of cheap kind of like low budget feel uh, but it, it took itself very seriously and there was there was something that, that it, there was just a bit of a turn off for me but I, but I, you know I'm obviously just missing something because obviously a lot of people really enjoy it enjoy it but it's just not my thing i, I think yeah. it is the what age did you first get into it at yeah and if you if it caught you young enough then you'll stick through it when you're maybe a bit older but i yeah, don't cause... think it's going to grab you yeah if you've all, all, that. all the people i know that enjoy doctor who are people who were sort of our age and maybe a couple years older when it came back in the christopher eccleston the era or the adults that remember it being on the first run. Yeah, so yeah. Dan, Danny's in like that nether realm of the <laughs> yeah. lost era of Who and kind of just passed, passed you by. That's there's, it, some, yeah. there's some worth the watch. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. Yeah, I'm sure. It's worth, worth you um, being a, an adult actually watching it from the beginning. I don't actually have it written down, but I also, at like not long before, not long before we had this podcast start, I wanted to bring up a second episode in the same series because, you know, 
Gelf freaked Can me I guess out. which one it is? I, yeah, yeah, go for it. Is it the Reapers? No, the Reapers were pretty terrifying, but no. Just an um, angular bird thing. It was <laughs> the Empty Child. Oh my god, how did I not say that? Of course it's the Empty Child. Explain for us non... Which one's that one? What's going on with that That's one? The, the Gas Mask Kid. The Gas Mask oh, Kid. Oh, yeah. Oh, that was so creepy. The, all, all are you my mummy? Are you that, my mummy? Yeah. And it's got a, it's a kid with a gas mask fused to his face. Yeah, they they were kind uh, of... To be fair, talk, we talk, they're kind of zombie-ish, aren't they? Yeah, to be fair. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking as well. I remember, because you asked Danny, I'd, I had been exposed to zombies sooner in the Simpsons Halloween special when they rise <laughs> up. Um, and they, they, go, they go to get Homer, and they go, brains, and they tap his skull, and then they go, brains. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, when zombies. the Simpsons was funny. Oh. To take a giant left-veering turn, Watching documentaries like Blackfish and The Cove is really traumatising, even as adults. That's that's very real, Ben. Watching the treatment of these poor animals is really upsetting and traumatising. But you must watch, because people need to know. Yeah. Yeah, documentaries is a whole other conversation because, I mean, there's been quite a few documentaries that have, I wouldn't say traumatised me, but they've definitely kind of stayed with me and... Yeah, some of the subject matter has been kind of extra messed up because it's real life. It's actually like stuff that's happened. So yeah, yeah, that's a whole other conversation. Because like, especially with Blackfish in Free Willy (laughs) Two. Go on. When (laughs) keep going. When when, like I vaguely remember it now. Like uh, Willy the the whale. It gets covered in like oil, like there's those oil spillages and there's fire everywhere. And I was very, very upset that Willie was might die, <laughs> like then Jesse might drown with oil in his lungs, and every, and the, the water was on fire, and like no one was helping, and Michael Madsen's there for some reason, and then and then he's like from Reservoir Dogs, and I was like, and it, yeah, it was that was a lot, as I couldn't quite handle it. Uh-huh. So what is what? So when you watch Blackfish, this was all brought back. Is this yeah, how Blackfish yeah, ties into this? Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> free Willy. <laughs> 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 also, um, just so I can get Free Willy in the thumbnail now. So uh, <laughs> whack that in now. One film that, like, I feel like when I first watched it as a kid, it washed over me a bit because I didn't really get it. I just enjoyed the bright colours and the funny characters. But more when you rewatch it a bit older, you realise. The first Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory film is creepy as fuck. Yeah, like that man should yeah. not be allowed anywhere near children. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, uh, it's like a, particularly it's a that tunnel film. scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, the tunnel like when I was looking up sort of like traumatizing moments, the tunnel scene was like one that was mentioned a lot. And like I said, I, I said to you through the messages, I don't, I didn't particularly find it that traumatizing as a kid. Like. I then went after I'd said that and watched it back on YouTube and was like, man, this is, this is like it, like, cause that film can get sort of back and forth in places. I mean, I remember that like one of the things that like badly, like that used to sort of freak me out a little bit as a kid was when anyone sort of yelled out of left field and the entire scene where he jumps up and chastises Charlie and his granddad for like drinking the soda is horrific (laughs) 
Yeah, man. What's he, what's he say to him now? You get nothing. Yeah, nothing. That's it. Not a zip. Not a dime. Good that's day, it. sir. That's it. You get yeah, and I've, yeah. I, I've read that like the script called for him to say that calmly, and that all yeah. the actors thought that he was going to say that calmly. And Gene Wilder improvised the, like yelling and cool. getting all in his face, and it actually proper traumatized. Yeah. The actors. Did you put your name in the Goblet of Fire? I was just about to do that. I thought, oh, don't do that. That'd be weird. Hey, as soon as Christian said he said it calmly, it's Harry Potter. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that the Willy Wonka film. It's yeah. I mean, what just what happens to like some of the kids is just straight up messed up. Like the fact you never find out their fate. You know, they, they get yeah, like yeah. sucked into pipes and never seen again, and you know the That's parents the have that... to kind of stand and just watch. And... The, yeah. the new one, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, has that sort of shot of where all the kids are walking out of the factory, and it's like, oh, Augustus is covered in chocolate. Violet's oh. all flimsy because she's been deduced, and they've got all their like things that they're now dealing with. The first one doesn't have that. Those <laughs> kids are dead. <laughs> as far as we're concerned, and no matter what anyone tells me, those kids are yeah. dead. Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah. Like Roald Dahl was all about that, wasn't he? I don't know how much Roald Dahl you guys have read, but he, his, his yeah, book, a lot. I mean, every I think every kid has has read a decent amount of Roald Dahl, and it's just full of dark like stuff, like quite creepy kind of situations, and yeah, yeah like BFG film was yeah, as. yeah, yeah, it is. Those I, I was, other giants were pretty scary. Yeah, I, yeah, I was gonna say if we're, also, if we're gonna carry on mentioning Roald Dahl as well, the witches. Like mm-hmm. the transformation sequence in that, where you see him with the full prosthetics on, is not seen it. Oh man, it's it's pretty terrifying. Just generally rolled out books are uh, a pretty pretty dark. He had a bit of a weird upbringing. Even his autobiography, I don't know if you've read. You, you've probably boy. read Boy, right? Yeah. Um, but there's another one. It's actually one of my favourite books. Uh, like it's only very very short, but it's an autobiography of his older years it's set after boy and uh, he's an he's an adult it's called going solo and uh, it's about his years as like a fighter pilot in uh, the middle east and it's dead dead interesting on that level but there's some uh, there's some like he's, he's been through some weird stuff like he's seen some i don't want to spoil it's... spoil it <laughs> but I've, you know there's a few there's a few chaps in the book perhaps they were you know perhaps he was exaggerating but there's some mm. Mad situations I, I, that he gets into. I, are you talking about the the crash? The crash? <laughs> is that not? Is that not <laughs> am I thinking of the wrong author here? He does crash his plane, yeah, at, yeah, in the desert. He does crash his plane in the desert. There is I a crash. You know what? <laughs> I did. <cheated. laughs> I crashed. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I thought that I, I was saying it weird because I thought that might have been the spoiler that you were. Like you know what? Sorry, it's, we're a film podcast, not a book podcast. You don't need to do a spoiler alert for Roll Dahl. Roll Dahl's life. Spoiler alert! <laughs> spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! He died. Yeah, well, he did eventually. Well, he did. But yeah. He had a very, he had a very interesting life. There's one scene in Going Solo where he has like basically a servant. He, he lives in Africa at this point, and he basically lives. Uh, in a house with a servant who's descended from a tribe of like Maasai warriors or something along those lines and the World War 2 has just broken out and Roald Dahl explains to his servant that Germans are the enemy and we're at war with them and this servant guy is so loyal to Roald Dahl that the guy apparently runs out of Roald Dahl's house in the dead of night not before stealing like some ornamental sword 
from Roald Dahl's mantelpiece and goes to the nearest... He knows of a German who lives in the area who's just some tradesman. He's just a successful... You know, he's not involved in the war or anything like that. He's just a guy that happened to live in Africa as well. The tribes, the tribesman breaks into this guy's house and shocks his head off. Oh my it's God. like, oh. and then comes back to Roald Dahl with blood all, all on the, all on the sword, saying, "I did it, I did it." And Roald Dahl's like, "No, we have to cover this up." You know, he's basically <laughs> essentially covering up a mur- like a murder, and he, he he basically covered it up until he wrote it down. But yeah, that book's full of weird stuff like that. Like, <laughs> this guy's got some mad stuff in his. Roald Dahl was one of them. Roald Dahl was one of them that like worked for the the like british secret service and would like Apparently so, yeah. sleep sleep with important people's wives to get information wouldn't they yeah, well i mean I've heard, I've, <laughs> this guy a tv series honestly like he's got a weird life he did lead a really really interesting life because he was actually a fighter like a fighter race in world war Two. He, he got a lot of confirmed you know kills and everything and the way that he writes uh the dog fights is so interesting um you know, I re- I've reread that kind of section numerous times over the years. But anyway, uh, Roald Dahl podcast over now. Gosh. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that classic clip from the behind the scenes from, uh, is it? Re- I think it's Return of the King. James is going to talk about Lord of the Rings. Oh my god! I know. Where the behind the scenes clip of where um, Peter Jackson was trying to tell Christopher Lee what noise yeah. to make when he gets stabbed in the back he's like oh and then you scream out and Chris Lee goes no I'm, I'm gonna make this noise and he's like oh well, he's like well when a man gets stabbed in the back this is the noise he makes and they were like <laughs> oh Chris yeah. Lee is I know the sound a man makes when he's stabbed in the back yeah. and they all just kind of went we're not gonna argue with you Chris <laughs> Lee. Uh, you do what you want mate <laughs> Peter, Jackson's, Peter Jackson's sat there and he's like uh, so yeah, we just we just let him do it because uh, yeah, yeah. You don't no want to fuck no with that guy. With him. <laughs> you didn't do what I say, so I cut him out the film. <laughs> in a bit. You put him back in, obviously for the extended. But yeah, Peter Jackson doesn't talk like that. Warship Down's traumatized, isn't it? Oh my god, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> where did that come from? <laughs> where, where did where did that where did you brain go there? The logic. I, I've actually down. never Saruman seen it. fell down. Warship, Warship down. down. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I've actually never seen Watership Down. Either right, I've seen the scenes, but I've never seen the actual film. Yeah, that's actually brought me back. back. I've had a really weird kind of memory of it. You know, the song Bright Eyes, like that's associated with with uh, Watership Down. I'm not going to sing it. I don't by know the song. Uh, I, by what? oh, what's it called? Bonnie. Tyler. Turn around. Bright <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Eyes. Is that song? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that Total Eclipse of the Heart. Total Eclipse. Yeah. Yeah. Not Bright uh... Eyes. Fucking hell. Idiot. Bright eyes. Do you know that song? Bright eyes. What an idiot. <laughs> the to- the song totally clips of the heart. Like if I hear that, I always get like a weird like, you know, like smells. Certain smells take you back to a memory. Well, some obviously music's the same. I always get a weird, uncomfortable feeling because it's the song of Watership Down, and I, f- I really, oh, really creeped you know creeped me out that film as a Maybe child. Maybe it's timeless. Oh, for God's sake. <laughs> Daddy, what did you expect when you did a whole podcast about films from my childhood? <laughs> True. I am I am honestly super surprised that Ben didn't turn around and be like, you know what film traumatised me as a kid? Krull. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Krull's not traumatising. It's a cinematic masterpiece. Your hand's not on it. I'm, I'm late. It's I'm framing like framing it. it. I'm framing oh, okay. it. Glorious cruel. Moving swiftly on. 
To be fair, though, there is actually the bit in Crawl <laughs> when the, the Grand Wizard thing's got the really, really long I'm nails. Sorry. He's got I'm the really, sorry. really long nails and he's going I'm after Prince Colwyn in the forest. He's going like, eh, when they die. It's actually pretty scary and there's giant glass spiders in it. It's a, it actually is quite traumatising, so now you've brought it up, I've got my Crawl minute in yeah, it. Yeah, so. well, is it more terrifying than the wheelies from Return to Oz? No, so short. <laughs> Nobody's seen that, Christian. I have no idea. What Nothing's you're on about. more terrifying than. I've never actually seen the see film. I, I just that's don't know that scene. <laughs> I, I, I feel just... like, you know, like, like earlier, Ben, you mentioned like Mufasa's death in Disney films. Christian's I wouldn't say that. any. Of... Oh, was it you, Christian? Sorry. Do you know, earlier, Christian, you mentioned like Disney films, like Mufasa's death. <laughs> I can't pull that off, can I? That was going really well. Like earlier, Christian, you mentioned that like Disney films have some of the moments, like Mufasa's death. I don't know that any of them have whole films or whole scenes that are completely traumatising, but a lot of them do have at least your moments that are a bit heavy for a kid's film. Like obviously you've got the classic Bambi's death, Bambi's mum's death in Bambi. Dumbo is rife with them. The one that like when I was thinking this stuck out to me, in Tarzan, when you've got the song Two Worlds going on, and it's oh. all nice. It's about these families living in the jungle. And then a gorilla off screen, just get, a baby gorilla just gets ripped to pieces off screen <laughs> by a leopard. And it's brutal. <laughs> and it's just like, it's another one there. It just kind of comes out of absolutely nowhere. I was like, this is I, not the film that I had signed in for. T- Tarzan. What? Tarzan is like Oh, just, proper... just listen to Phil Collins. Yeah. <laughs> Tar- Tarzan is like proper traumatic and like sad all the way through. And to be honest, Phil Collins doesn't help. Like he went hard on that soundtrack to make sure that you were feeling all of the emotions. You know, after the gorilla dies, do you know what the first lyric is? No words can dry a mother's tears. Brilliant, Phil. Cheers for that one, mate. Really twist that knife in. But that's, I think those, I don't know about, obviously we don't know about kids' films now because we're adults, but like, especially when we grew up, I think there was that precedent, wasn't there, that like, you're you're trying to teach children mm. about the world and life and it's not, maybe it isn't just all sunshine and rainbows and you're doing it through the guise of a lion or a leopard. <laughs> it's I also, mean, it also you're making it, bit. but you're doing, you're also writing a film, you've got to have characters and yeah. emotion and all that stuff. But I think, I, I actually do think it is trying, you're trying to teach children about the world. Disney have always been good for that. That's what, I think that's why I've done so successful, the stuff for the adults and for the kids in these yeah, films. Yeah, um, and Lion King, like, it, you could, re- I mean, you could replace all the characters with humans and it'd be like, it works, doesn't it? Like, the story and the narrative, the way it plays out, like, you could replace everyone with just humans because the themes are universal, the plot beats are kind of universal, everything, except The Lion King is a rip-off, isn't it? Have you, it's gonna you say, guys, is going to say it. What is the What is it called? It's, is Kimber. it Macbeth? It's no. Hamlet, Oh, it's based it? on Hamlet. Hamlet. That's it. No, but maybe Kimber, you guys the White have... Lion. Came out yeah, like, James has heard of it. Like yeah, the, the yeah. like. Uh, oh, the, the White Lion. I was yeah. probably talking about like because you were saying replaced with humans. I was like, well, isn't it based? On I mean, yeah, like... on several levels. I mean, it's it it, it, it takes its kind of material from elsewhere. Mm. But Sorry. yeah, that Kimber, the White Lion. Yeah, it's mad. If anyone watching hasn't kind of wasn't aware, um, Lion King takes a lot of its visual cues and a lot of its story cues as well, right? From this other film, was it like a Japanese film or what? Huh? What was it? I exactly? think, did, I'm not I entirely sure. It was. It was not on. A, it was not a Hollywood film. Um, and check it out because there's a bunch of stuff on YouTube where you just see the comparisons and everything's pretty much just identical. <laughs> it's just it's a like complete they, they try to claim parallel thought on it, but it's 
it's parallel a bit too four. close. That's a new phrase. What's parallel four? Oh, I think Stealing. that's a phrase for it. Yeah, it's, it's essentially the idea of it's like no one. There was no stealing, there's no plagiarism. It is just out of coincidence two people had the exact same thought at the same time kind of thing. Oh. So they didn't, Lion King didn't know Kimber was being made. Kimber didn't know Lion King was being made. And they both oh. just had the same thing. It, you know, it happens every now and then with certain things. I think Lion King's a bit too close to Kimber yeah. for it to be yeah. complete yeah, sure coincidence. Even and I name. think Disney buried Kimber, the lion, a little bit once yeah, they found yeah. out. I think they made efforts to sort of... like. They shot that it down. The, the lawyers moved in yeah, immediately. No, I mean, I, I, I was just going to say, like, just concerning specifically sort of like 90s Disney's stuff, because, like, Disney have always had the sort of, like, traumatic death sequences in. But particularly in the 90s ones, I feel like there was even more sort of emphasis on them. Like, that whole sequence, like... Not only does, you know, Mufasa falls and he gets trampled and I feel like in older Disney films that would have been it. No, in newer in 90s Disney films, Simba has to go down there and he has to do that <laughs> super upsetting thing where he like paws on his face and yeah. like nudges him with his head to try and, you know, wake him up. And it's like, like Ewoks. Wh- why are you doing this to children? Oh God, you brought up the Ewok now. Oh, it's th- that is heartbreaking. That is, that is not even any dialogue in that, and it still ruins you. Just shakes his friend. It's just like, oh, it's that little that little doubt that, oh, that he makes that little Ewok. <laughs> but don't remember the Ewoks were an incredibly savage, violent tribe, so they maybe they brought it on on themselves. They were they were ready to cook. Uh, Han Solo alive. Let's just let's not forget he, that he is quite he a dish, though. <laughs> <laughs> He's a bit of a dish. They were about to sit back and watch that guy roast. So with his clothes to... on, like he would be cooked with his clothes on. That won't be very tasty either because he's got melted and stuff. Well, that's yeah. because some of them liked it well done. Some of them liked it rare, you know. So if you cook with the clothes on, then some of it's not going to be as cooked. Yeah, as... it's like how you wrap your salmon in tin foil before you bake it. I, yeah. <laughs> I just like I, I wouldn't want to eat through a leather boot to then get to my foot of Han Solo personally. But yeah. I mean, I'd you've be given Ewok. this way too much thought, Ben. If I'm honest. <laughs> <laughs> that's what this podcast is <laughs> it's just us giving us giving way too much thought to think. Uh, yes and now for our new section cooking humans with <laughs> yeah. uh, well anyway guys should we move on to the next section Go on. our hypothetical well it's not really a hypothetical this week is it it's more of a, a, a twist on the, the original section it's sticking with traumatic films um, so if we wanted to traumatise a person <laughs> with a film, uh, what film would we show them and why? I could jump in if you want. Go for it, James. So yeah. mine relies on, you know, there's a bit more rules to mine than just put a film on and then whatever. But I feel like you need to show this to someone with limited pop culture knowledge so they don't know what comes after. You sit them down you show them Avengers Infinity War, but you don't let them watch Endgame. So I remember <laughs> vividly coming out of that cinema at the end of Infinity War, after, like, it's the first time we've ever seen the villain one, Thanos snaps, and it's just that thing of, oh god, he's won, and yeah. then this person dusts. Oh, at least that person's like, oh no, they're gone well. Oh no, they're, and he's gone. 
oh my god, everyone, like pretty much everyone is gone. And then the credits just come up. It's like, what the yeah. hell is going on? And I just remembered like leaving the cinema, driving home the whole way. And she's like, I'm a broken man. I, I, like, <laughs> what, what has just happened? What have my I just watched? Dead. And it's yeah. like now, it's really easy to say like, oh yeah, but like they all came back and there's Endgame and that. We had a whole year where we didn't know that. Yeah, so but I J- want to show what? that to someone and they're not allowed to watch Endgame and that's it. You never but you know knew, But you knew they were coming back. Yeah, like when you think about it, you do. But in the moment, yeah, like, you can, you can't deny that that was a big moment. I will say though, yeah, it's definitely it's definitely. I would I would say for yours, yeah, I would I would give them all of Marvel as well. I'd yeah. have them, and then I'd give them Infinity War, and then yeah, you'd be like, that was it. <laughs> and they, clo- <laughs> no, and they I closed will, the book. <laughs> I, I, I will say with uh, with um, Infinity War, um, it, it it it's memorable in the fact that like. When you walked into the screen after after showing the credits were rolling, and this, you know, at that point the cinema was packed, obviously, but you know the the weirdness of the atmosphere was palpable. Like you could I, tell it had really kind of freaked people out. They were I, like, "What did we just watch?" And like I, there were loads of kids in in the cinema, obviously watching the film with the parents. They're literally to them, it is like they've all just died, and that's how the film. It, ended I that, really that's why i put this like, yeah. stipulation if you've got to get someone who's maybe a bit younger and doesn't have that thought process that we yeah. had of oh but they will come back like yeah, I think, yeah. yeah. Would, if you get if you do get a child it would, it would i was just about to say like i went to a, a midnight show in and I, I i was like all hyped up and the the foyer was filled with people in like costume and everyone was dead excited and it was like oh yeah we're gonna go see avengers infinity war and i've been to a few midnight shows before that and usually, because people who go to midnight showings are excited and also incredibly sad, uh, <laughs> the film would finish. Everyone would clap, and some people would stand up and clap. Yeah, Jesus like Christ. you're in a theater and the film could hear you. That happened. Not at, uh, embarrassing. It can. Infinity War happened. The ending happened. The credits rolled, and everyone in the cinema just sort of sat there in silence for a few seconds. And then all as quietly as they could stood up and just filed out. And yeah. I, I was at a big cinema where they were showing it at midnight on like eighteen screens, and there was eighteen screens all leaving at the same time. Just people dressed up who'd been all excited <laughs> and chatty before. Just everyone leaving in utter silence. Oh, I love I the idea of, of like a, of, a, of a, somebody dressed up as Spider-Man just shuffling out. Of it. <laughs> I was going to say, just, just, just people dragging, like people dressed as Thor, dragging Mjolnir on the ground, like oh. Where did you see it, Christian? I saw it at the print works. Ah, uh, because I saw it at our cinema, but I didn't work there at the time. I also no, saw I... it at our cinema. I didn't work there at the time. Did you go midnight? Maybe... No, I'm not. Oh, that's okay. sad. <laughs> you are. No, I went. Are, I went. Let's not, uh... let's not put up any false illusions here. I went with other people that go to bed before midnight. Jesus. So, I, so you know, yeah, no, normal people times construct. It doesn't matter, what, you know. Yeah. I enjoyed that in the in the moment. I was kind of reveling people's despair at that point in the first time because when you were cutting to see who's going to get the chop next, and then when if somebody some a character that meant to somebody, they kind of gasped out in terror. I kind of went, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do I do remember talking to someone who went to the same cinema as I did 
um, but was in a different screen than I was. And I remember uh, apparently it was like deathly silent as people were getting dusted. And uh, you've got that moment where Black Panther goes to help uh, Okoye. Okoye up. And uh, as he dusts, apparently uh, all they heard from behind them was someone go, No! <laughs> <laughs> Just oh. break that silence. Yeah. It was a great cinema blockbuster moment and very yeah. memorable and a proper water cooler moment yeah, you know, yeah. that everyone kind of shared. I appreciated that level and very clever of Marvel for, to basically leave it on a cliffhanger for what was the was it what was it six months it was a year between, it, was it was a year, year. was it a full, full year? year so that's that's you know i respect the the risk they took there for sure yeah um, it, that you didn't know full, for sure you know? it was a full year that they had ant-man and the wasp sandwich between that's the one yeah and captain marvel oh uh, yeah oh, that's yeah, it captain yeah, marvel. Yeah. yeah that was like the month before it's just yeah, the poor yeah, time yeah, in that because yeah. no one who cares at that point after Infinity War about what Ant Man's up to? That's the thing. Time. I feel like the Captain Marvel's fine because it was like the there was cheese the one that the pager calls out for in the Infinity mm. War post credit scene. Ant Man the Wasp was a bit of just a like this. This is I've just watched them all. Half of them die. Whoa, yeah. What is, I was. I, you know? I, it was that thing as well. Like the entire Ant Man and the Wasp, like the first Ant Man, is like sort of capturing that sort of more comedic side of Marvel and you've got the, the sort of ridiculousness of this building heist going on um, and then you know it sort of ends on some some funny notes and then the credits roll and then it cuts to the stuff that happens at the end of Infinity War and you watch everyone get dusted and it's like oh so you, you just, you're just going to you know give us like a two hour comedy superhero film and then bum us out in the after credit scene. Yeah. And then give us a drumming ant. <laughs> <laughs> As if that's going to make things fine. Uh, so Christian, what, uh, what's your pick? Uh, I, I actually wrote down a few because there's a lot of films I could. But the ones that I could think of, uh, obviously I'm a big horror fan. So immediately that was my first place. Um, and I thought of all the things that sort of hit me hard as a horror fan, it's usually anthology horrors because they've got such a short time to like, cause it, cause it's usually like four or five shots stitched together. Cause the person who's directing one of the shots has such a short time. They usually go really, really hard. And instead of it being like one hour and a half horror film with, a couple of intense moments. It's a bunch of shots stitched back to back that are all intense from beginning to end. So there's like no real break and levity from the um, terror. No, so it's like so, a treehouse of horror. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, that's the best way to put it, to be honest. But yeah, um, so I wrote down a few of those and the best ones I could come up with was the first two VHS films go pretty okay. hard on like being very intense they're that they're all found footage so it they're all sort of shaky cam but they're done in inventive ways like one of them it's a guy's robotic eye implant some of them are documentary teams one of them's a guy who's like cycling and has a camera mounted on his helmet um but there's like I remember watching the first one and the first one is about like a bunch of guys who decide they're gonna go out 
and they're going to find some girls at a bar and they're going to bring them back to the hotel room and it's going to be a great time. And they bring back these girls and one of them's a little weird and a little quirky. All she, she, all she does is she'll just keep getting in their faces and saying uh, and whispering, I like you. God, uh, and that's a red flag. Come on now. And then all of a sudden, um, because, I mean, these guys, the, the guys in the video are absolutely horrible people anyway, so they absolutely deserve it. But all of a sudden, she turns into, she turns out to be like a vampire. But it's the way her face transforms because it like splits down the middle and you see a skull like crack open. Ugh. And the way it transforms, and because it's found footage, and he's wearing glasses with a camera in the middle. You see it like right in your face. That's pretty cool. And Lovely. then the growing wings at the end. There's another one with like a sort of glitch, uh, a glitchy ghost that chases them through the woods. And the way that that just sort of appears out of nowhere because it's a glitch is ter- traumatizing. And then. Just to briefly mention another one, there's a film that's similar called uh, XX or Kiss Kiss, uh, and it's an anthology film with all female directors and writers. It's absolutely great. I recommend people watch it. But the first film in that um, is about it. It has like it. It starts with like a woman and a kid on a subway in I think it's New York, and they're sat there all happily. And there's a guy sat next to the kid with a box on his knee. And um, the the kid's like, oh, you know, you, you going to, and he's you going somewhere, and he's like, oh yeah, yeah, I'm going to visit my daughter or something. And he's like, oh, is, is that a present? And he's like, oh yeah, yeah, it's a present for her. He's like, oh, what is it? And he was like, do you want to see? Uh, and he goes, yeah. So that he, he opens the box slightly, and the kid looks in, and then he's absolutely traumatized by whatever's in this box yeah, and proceeds to like stop eating, stop sleeping and his dad tries talking to him and he whispers into his dad's ear what's in the box and then his dad stops sleeping and stops eating and it's just a really uncomfortable <laughs> short film and it, it play, playing on your interpretation of what could be in yeah, of what could like be in the box fears. because it never... Spoiler, it never tells you what's in the box. Cool. It's quite clearly the director's got a Phantom Menace in the box. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe the Rise of Skywalker as well. <laughs> With, the, as well. With the Rise of Skywalker thrown in. Good measure. But yeah, um, no, anthology horrors, but specifically those three, like, because they just go hard from beginning yeah. to end. They're very traumatic films. Yeah. I feel like we could, at this point, we're getting to the point where we could rebrand this podcast and just call it It All Comes Back to Star Wars. Because it gets a mention, particularly Rise of Skywalker and Phantom Menace, get a mention in every episode. Yes. <laughs> is going to put Danny in an early grave. <laughs> it's eyebrow. It's it is not good for your blood pressure. My <laughs> plan is working. Oh, no. <laughs> um, I'll go next because mine are kind of depressing, really. My, my pick, my, oh. like, like, mine oh, are awesome. a little bit. Like okay, a, well. That's good then, because one of, I've got I've got two quick ones. One's hard, and one ends as a bit lighter note, kind of. That's uh-huh. good. Let's end on a lighter note because Not mine really. aren't very light. <laughs> um, mine are genuinely traumatic. I think. Not that anyone else's weren't, 
but um, there's a film. Just say it, right? You didn't enjoy Avengers: Infinite War as a pick. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was a good pick. I, you know, in retrospect. <laughs> um, I am envious of Thanos's little farm at the end, though. I did. I kind of want to be there anyway. I rate it. Okay. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so maybe I have like a few picks. Like, um, I was, I'm not sure which order to put them in or what to speak about more. Um, um, I'll just briefly mention. I wouldn't say traumatic, but definitely anxiety-inducing. I probably mentioned before uh, the film Uncut Gems. If you're of a certain mm. disposition, anxiety-wise, that's definitely going to spike some. Uh, that's going to spike. You're talking of blood pressure. That's going to spike <laughs> your blood pressure. Um, also, another one that occurred to me that really I like that I must have been in a really shitty mood when I watched this film <laughs> because it I hated it and I know that it's quite well regarded you guys seen the lobster you've watched the lobster what uh, go on yeah oh yes yes I have seen this film yeah I've Bizarre. seen the lobster like that I don't know about traumatized but it just depressed the yeah. hell out of me man and it really like it just uh, I don't know it just didn't click with me at all um I I just found it really like I don't know what I found it's it. It's deeply I think unsettling. It's very, yeah. very unsettling, yeah. There's that one sequence where it's Ashley Jensen, isn't it? She's, she's, if I remember correctly, she's in the film. She fought, it is, isn't it, Ben? Who are, we, who are we talking about? Who? Ashley who? Ashley Jensen. I don't know who that is, mate. She's the woman from Extras, the Scottish lady. No, she's in The Lobster. I'm pretty sure she's in The Lobster, yeah. Let me double check. I'm, I'm looking up for you now, you carry on talking. Oh, okay, yeah, but there's a sequence where she um, falls out the window, right? And like she's just like at the bottom of the like she's like she just lands in and she's screaming in agony. And I know it's kind of like meant to be a metaphor or something. I don't know quite know what's going on with that film. It's obviously not meant to be taken completely literally, but yeah, it just really like yeah, bummed me home. out, man. Yeah, it is actually Jensen. Yeah, it just really bummed like it just put me in a shitty mood mm. for the rest of the day, and I just thought. <laughs> I just got annoyed. I thought, like, why? Like, yeah. You know, I don't know if I want to. Don't ever want to spoil the film a bit. Um, really? Yeah, We've all seen it. We're a film podcast, yeah. so let's talk, like, talk about the film. I'm all, I'm all, like, I get it that the film wasn't really about, you know, it was some, you know, it wasn't really about. All I'm saying is, they didn't fulfil the premise, and he didn't turn into a lobster, <laughs> <laughs> and I, it just bothered me. I just thought. <laughs> I'm gonna watch him turn into a lobster, and then, and like I got, I get why, and it's not like about that what kind of, and it's like and the way it goes and stuff. It's like yeah, a different yeah. kind of film, yeah. but I just wished, I kind of wished it was a bit more weird, especially when the premise is. I mean, it was it's, pretty weird enough. It's but not think? not weird enough. <laughs> I Maybe wanted, I, watched... I wanted it to end with him as a lobster. <laughs> to be honest, I don't, again. I don't remember yeah. how that film ends. I remember it ends with him. Uh, they're in, I they're in the. Away. In, they're in the diner. They've run off, and they're in the diner, and he goes off into the bathroom basically to go and kill himself. I think. Oh, it's just I think like, so. Something I like think that. Or he I, has killed himself. Something like that. Yeah, maybe if I watched it again, like I'd, I'd be more receptive to it, and I'd kind of like it more. But yeah, for some reason, I would. I would maybe have been in a bad be mood. Oh Jesus oh, no, Christ! No. Please God, no. Have you watched Killing the Sacred Deer, Danny? The director's follow-up. No, no. Oh, that's I've, interesting. Um, I had another pick as well, which is a genuinely like very disturbing film. Um, but that's about it. 
(laughs) (laughs) For me, really. Nothing else traumatised me, and I definitely didn't cut out any of this podcast because it was too horrific. I'll do some quick ones, super quick. If you if you want to traumatise someone that's got claustrophobia, show them the descent. That is yeah, not in the descent. There are some. We'll show you it, James. In the maybe when we actually can watch it together, because that'd be a good group watch. Yeah, um, that'd be a really good. One, and we'll all the, sit on one sofa. Yeah, because there's <laughs> there's just shots in that of the cave, spelunking that. If you're claustrophobic, oh, no. that that on its own is really just horrific. I'm not claustrophobic, but even then, I was like. I, no, I was no, gonna say, the idea, I hate no, the idea of it, cave diving and all that I was stuff. Say, That's yeah. great. We're gonna show you that. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the way that the, the way that they shoot it as well. They don't just shoot like the inside of the cave. They like zoom out so there's loads of dead space so you can see how tight the cave is. Yeah, it's mental. And it's so claustrophobic. Really Another pick of mine. I don't want to dwell on it too much because I haven't got much to say because I've like deleted it from my memory. <laughs> A film I found like really upsetting and really hard to watch is The Human Centipede 2. That film is just... <laughs> the first one was fine. The, 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 the first one, though, it's... The first one, it's kind of almost comical. Yeah. In, it's, in its, it's heightened ridiculousness of, of the horror. The it, second one... It's the way the story's told in the second one. This, yeah, the second one is set in the real world where the first film is a film... And the second one follows a man who watches that film and then wants to ca- then re- do it for real. And but he's not unlike the first film, where the villain, the first film, is a doctor or is a, a I don't know, is a surgeon. He's medically trained. Yeah, yeah. Fuck yeah. <laughs> In the second film, he's not, and he hasn't got the right medical equipment. And it's in like black and white. It's really raw, and some of the shots in it are really brutal. And there's a section to do with like an infant child. It's just horrible. Again. And it's the only film like we we did a, a uni night where friends was we met up and we picked a film each. We watched them. It's the only film my whole life where I've gone. I might actually go and just leave and just walk out. Because we we went we went because because <laughs> the the. In the uni, in the building, you could just go in there any time at night and watch the big screen. So we just did that. That's it. And it's the only time I thought, I actually, I think I'm just going to leave because it was uh, just horrible. Oh, wow. it, it's another film I've read about and just never. Yeah, watched. don't just, oh, just actually, just don't even, just don't even. It's just gross. It's not even a good film, you know. It's just <laughs> gross. Um, and then I would, all, but other than that, I would show them a double bill of Paddington 1 and 2 <laughs> because those two films are so glorious and so lovely you'll actually be traumatised because the real world is shit and you just be like I just want a life with this little bear and the marmalade and I don't have it and Star Wars is rubbish now and I just I can't be bothered anymore I just want to hang out with this little talking bear and his aunt and hang out with this lovely look with uh Hugh Bonneville and life is rubbish and that would really traumatise somebody by showing them the two Paddington films because they would realise here's what things could be like but they're not the dream laying the dream in front of them and then just swiping it away mercilessly yeah yeah, I like it I would destroy them by showing them those two lovely films so you've gone really psychological there very deep within the human psyche and you've really gone you've gone all in you've really tried to destroy them there uh should we wrap up guys on that lovely note yes let's uh, call it a day should we end the podcast okay this has been a traumatic experience (laughs) yeah it's been really (laughs) nice (laughs) 
lovely talking to you guys as usual you know <laughs> um so yeah that's it that's your lot uh for this week hopefully you've enjoyed it even though it's been a little bit traumatic <laughs> as we've mentioned um please do like and subscribe to the video to the channel like the video subscribe to the channel obviously that's what i meant what films traumatized you what yeah. scenes in films television traumatized you Let join us know. in on this group therapy session you know we're yeah, all a part yeah. of this yeah. join, the, join the conversation as yeah, they say yeah. in the media is there any films that you'd show people if you were deliberately trying to traumatize them do let us know or any films that you would tell people to avoid. Like, <laughs> I would tell people to avoid some of these films. Yeah. If you were trying not to traumatise them. Yeah. Ah, where's the fun in that? Uh, but I think that's about it, guys. So, uh, thanks for watching. And bye-bye for now. See you next week. Yeah. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.